Hi, this is Amy Katz from Veggie Save the Day, and you're listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to Eat Blog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave eBlog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Hey, food bloggers. Welcome to eBlog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and the confidence that will move the needle forward in your business. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you're listening to episode number 287. Today, I have Amy Katz with me, and she is going to talk to us about five mistakes food bloggers make with email marketing. Amy is the creator of Veggie Save the Day, where she shares easy vegan recipes inspired by a Mediterranean diet. She first shared her meals on Instagram, which led to starting her blog in 2015 as a hobby. When she realized she could turn her love of food and cooking into a career, she left her corporate job in 2017 to pursue blogging full-time. Amy, I am so thrilled to have you there. I've chatted with you on numerous occasions outside of this podcast. So now you're here and yay, so happy. Yeah, it's great to be here, Megan. Yeah, it's going to be a fun conversation. I know you're the queen of email marketing, and we are here to learn from you today. But first, we all want to hear what your fun fact is. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Can't wait to talk email marketing. Well, my fun fact, uh, when I was a kid, I was very unathletic, and I didn't like to ride a bike or even my big wheel. And I was terrible at PE. I don't know if you remember the president's physical fitness test that we had to do in elementary school. I hated that. (laughs) I failed it every time. But for some reason, in my late 20s, I decided that I enjoyed running. And I enjoyed it so much that I started training for marathons. And uh, I've actually run 40 (gasps) marathons. I didn't know yeah, this about and, you. Yeah. And in case you don't know, or in case your listeners don't know, a marathon is 26.2 miles. So it's it takes a lot of dedication and training, but I really enjoy it. Oh, okay, 40? How have you squeezed in yeah. 40 marathons? That's insane. So how many do you run a year typically? Yeah, well, I haven't run one since um, before... The last one I did was before the pandemic. (laughs) Um, So I still run, but more just for pleasure and fitness. But um, I was averaging two a year. And there were a few years where I squeezed in um, three and one time four. But yeah, that was that was a lot. (laughs) You are incredible. And especially coming from a history of not really liking physical, you know, like the physical activities. So good for you. Wow. Oh, that's incredible. So running (laughs) and email, two of your um, top things that you are very um, knowledgeable about. I've picked your brain before about email marketing, and I know you've been so generous in sharing your knowledge with food bloggers, and this is another way that you're doing that. So thank you so much for being here and sharing this. I would love to hear what got you interested in email marketing in the first place. Like, Why did you realize it was something you really needed to dig into? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I'll start off by saying, you know, I noticed that 
when I listen to your podcast, um, food bloggers are always talking about the latest things that we need to do, like Google Web Stories and Instagram Reels and TikTok and that sort of thing. But I think most people forget about um, something that's just so basic, which is email, you know, because everybody has an email address. I can't tell you the last time I came across someone who didn't have an email address, Um, you know, maybe a senior citizen. But even then, I think almost everyone in the world has an email address. So, you know, I realized that it's a great way to get in front of an audience that it's just so simple. You know, we all know how to write emails. Um, there's, There's no like magic formula that you need to use just because you are a food blogger and you're running a business. It's still basic communication. And, you know, it's, I think it's a really um, fun way to form um, a, just a really tight-knit, um, loyal following. And so once I thought about that, you know, I decided to really dig in and, you know, he, listen to what some email marketing experts recommend and then sort of tailor it to what works as a food blocker. Sometimes we overcomplicate things and we try to think beyond what's just right in front of us and really simple and kind of like glaringly saying, hey, I'm right here. And I think that's the case with email marketing. Like you said, even grandma has an email address. Everybody checks their email. I mean, I would love for you to tell me who does not have an email address. Everyone does. So it's like, yeah, it's right in front of us. It's so simple. It's so basic. So Go back to the basics. Don't overcomplicate. Don't make your job any harder than it needs to be. I love that perspective and I love that that is why you got into it. So we want to hear your mistakes. So you think there are five mistakes food bloggers make when it comes to email marketing. What is mistake number one? Yeah, I would say mistake number one is not making it easy for people to actually sign up for your email list. And, you know, I think the way that you know it's easy is when you go to a website and you see multiple places where you could get on that person's list. You know, if you have to scroll around and try to find, you know, wow, how can I sign up for this person's emails? That's definitely a problem. Um, And you also want to make it desirable for people to sign up. You know, not... A long time ago, people used to just sign up for the latest updates. But I think we've moved beyond that because, you know, we don't want to sign up for hundreds and hundreds of email lists because our inbox will be completely full and, you know, we'll be um, just just overwhelmed with emails. So I think people are very selective about what email list that they want to get on. So not only does it have to be easy for them to sign up, there has to be a reason for si- for them to sign up. And, you know, there's different reasons. Um, some people may offer like something for free, like maybe a free guide or a, a free email series um, that will teach them something kind of like a mini course or maybe a free ebook 
or uh, maybe even a live training. You know, it all just depends on what you want to offer to your audience. Um, but anything that's a little bit out of the box, um, I think that makes it even more desirable for people to sign up. So not just saying, I used to do this. I am definitely guilty here, but I used to say, hey, join my newsletter or like sign up for my newsletter. Join the Pip and Ebby family. It was like, right. really, who, who would ever want to sign up for that? Not knowing what that means, like actually give them something that is going to solve a problem or that's going to make their life easier in some way. So thinking through that on the front end is worth the effort. Exactly. I completely agree. And, you know, we don't even need to call it like it's a newsletter, like it's some formal thing that, you know, comes out once a week or once a month. You know, it's just, it's more casual. Um, I think these days, just having people sign up for your emails and, you know, offering them something of value in return for their email address. And just a real quick question on that. How do you recommend finding that out if someone's listening and they're like, I don't know what my people want? How do you recommend they go about finding that out? That's a great question. I think one thing you can do is look at what kind of content is most popular on your blog or even on social media. What do people um, turn to again and again? You know, what gets the highest page views or what gets the most engagement? And then I think that is a great place to start. Um, another way you can look at it is what is something that's very unique that I offer on my blog that I don't see other food bloggers offering? Um, maybe it's something more specific. Like, let's use you your blog for a, an example. Um, I know that you are very good at using an Instant Pot. So let's say you offer something to your um, audience. If they sign up for your emails, they'll get a series of emails that um, – shows them how to use their Instant Pot in a new way, for example. Um, so maybe it's, you know, dessert recipes in your Instant Pot. You know, that's something that's that's very unique. Um, so maybe you have, you know, a few posts that talk about how to make desserts, like maybe, you know, cheesecake or chocolate cake or whatever it is. Um, and then you can put together some kind of resource whether it's a series of emails or it's something they can download and then it's very specific about um, what you specialize in or what something or something that's unique to your blog. You just gave me an idea, Amy. <laughs> what about doing like because you know how people who use their instant pots typically use the pressure cook setting all yes, the time yes. and they rely on that. So I could do something like let's use those other buttons and do a series on like let's use rice button and let's use the egg button and like walking people through how to go outside of their little one button comfort zone. Yeah, so thank you. Is, I love that. That's a really great idea. How to use the slow cook function on yeah. the Instant Pot. Yeah, I would sign up for that. <laughs> oh my gosh. You kind of inspired me. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, that is such a great uh, first point and um, a mistake that I think a lot of us make. I have made it, I think, Amy, you've probably been at a point where you've made it. So if you are making this mistake, we're not like shaming you. It is a common mistake. But Amy gave you some really idea good ideas about how to, um, you know, fix that and do some different things. So what is mistake number two? 
Yeah, mistake number two is a very common one as well. And that is not actually sending emails. You know, it's all great to have um, this email list that you're proud of, that you grew. And, you know, you may look at the, the number as like a vanity metric, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't actually email the people that are on your list. And, you know, there's no magic number or time or date or, you know, anything that you need to worry about. It doesn't matter how many people are on your list. You know, even if you have five people on your list, you need to email them. And, you know, there's it doesn't uh, matter what day of the week, what time, just start emailing them. And then you, later, maybe you can figure out, okay, from the analytics, maybe this date um, or, you know, this day of the week is the best or maybe this time. But in all honesty, I wouldn't worry about that. I would just go ahead and start emailing them no matter how many people are on your list. And, you know, you can start off maybe with once a week, but just try to be consistent. And if you find that maybe two or three times a week, works better for your email style, you can go from there. But the the main thing is just start emailing. Don't overthink it, right? Yeah. I mean, even if it's just a couple of sentences, just communicate. They want to know, they want to hear from you and they want to know that you're there and that you care. So if you send like a short paragraph just saying, hey, it's Amy, I'm here. I want to know whatever, fill in the blank. That is enough. And then from there, you can build, like you said, start out with once a week, but most importantly, show up and be consistent. Exactly. And I think the sooner you can do that, the better. So when someone signs up for your emails, you know, just have that email go out automatically right away and then maybe follow up with them um, a day or two later, just so that they don't forget who you are and they recognize your name in their inbox. Yes, I love that one. And it's so simple. Like you have people on your list, whether it's five or 500 or 5,000 or more, and they're there. So just send the email. I hear that a lot, actually. I'm sure you probably do too, Amy, where it's like, yeah, I have this list of subscribers, but I don't send them anything. Right. Oh my gosh, you need, yeah, you need to talk to them. (laughs) Right. I hear that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That is a common one. Okay. Talk us through mistake number three. Yeah, mistake number three um, kind of goes along with what you were saying about how people want to hear from you. And that mistake would be um, not writing in your own voice. So people want to know who you are. So they don't want to hear just some generic kind of, you know, marketing pitch or what, you know, people like everyone else is doing, they want to hear it from you. So they want to know the real you. So, you know, for example, um, you know, I'm older, I'm not gonna refer to myself as, you know, like, your girl or something like that. (laughs) It just doesn't sound like me. So I'm going to write the way that I talk and the way that I would be writing to a friend. So, you know, you like you said, you don't need to complicate it. You just need to communicate. So um, keeping it simple, talking like you're talking to one person is a great way to think about it. So if I'm writing an email, you know, maybe I'll think about like, oh, what would I write if I'm, 
you know, wanted to tell Megan about this new recipe. So, you know, I might start off like, hi, Megan, or, you know, maybe you're more of a like, hey, what's up, Megan, or, you know, something like that, just in your own voice. And then I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to refer to like, everyone or you guys or y'all or anything like that. I'm going to just talk to one person. I'm going to talk to Megan. So I'm going to, you know, refer to you as you, you know, that kind of thing. So you want to just keep it casual. um, But that way it keeps it personal and people feel like, wow, you know, she's really just sending this email to me, you know, even though, I mean, deep down, they know that you have uh, email service provider that can make it look like that. And, but it's, it's really, you know, makes a difference when people feel like you're writing just to them. Mm. I like this point because uh, I think, especially when you first start getting into email writing, it can be really just formal and you just don't know yet what your voice is. And even if you have established a voice on your blog, it's different when you're writing emails. So it takes a while and sometimes it feels not natural. So don't strive for perfection with this. Just keep at it and keep sending those emails and eventually you will fall into that voice. And I had an idea while you were talking, Amy. Hey everyone, real quick, I want to take a moment just to tell you a little bit about Clarity, a powerful tool that allows you to organize, optimize, and update your blog content for maximum growth. Using Clarity, you can create projects to help you optimize and refresh old content on your site. Say you want to go into your old posts and add some internal links to keep readers on your site. You can figure out which of your posts don't already have internal links, assign those posts to a campaign so you know which posts need to be updated. Then you can track your work as you update those posts all within the Clarity app. Clarity users have direct insights that will help them identify which posts to update, figure out what they should be updating and adding to those posts and understand the impact their updates have with a direct integration into their Google Analytics accounts. If you're interested in learning more and potentially becoming an early adopter of Clarity, you can go to Clarity, that's spelled with an I, so C-L-A-R-I-T-I dot com forward slash eat blog talk to sign up for the waiting list and take advantage of their $25 a month forever plan. Go to clarity.com forward slash eat blog talk, or you can check out the resources page on eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources. I love your idea about like just acting like you're talking to a friend. So what if you write an email as if you're talking to a friend and then have a best friend read it and say, does this sound like me? And just have them evaluate it because they know you. They know if you're like, wait, you don't ever say that. (laughs) What are you saying that for? Yeah, no, that is that is a great idea. Um, You know, and some people like to personalize their emails with referencing like pop culture, or their favorite books and you know, TV shows and movies. And that's all great. As long as it's actually you. Um, I think that that helps people relate to you as well. So they feel like they know you. Yeah. I'm just thinking of all the like things that other people say that I would never put into emails. <laughs> you know, like you mentioned earlier, I don't know what you said, but I was like, yeah, like you need to be authentic to your voice and true to yourself. So great point. I love this one. What is mistake number four, Amy? Mistake number four is one of my favorites. And I think you're really going to like this one too. Um, the mistake is not reusing your content. 
And I know that, you know, you are someone that is into efficiency and making the most of our time. So that is one of my favorite things about email content is that you can repurpose it. And there's so many different ways. For one, you can actually send the same email again. And I know it sounds shocking, but you can. I mean, you can take pretty much the same email that you sent, say, a year ago, um, maybe about some kind of seasonal content, maybe about um, like a Easter recipe or a summer recipe, something like that. And you can send it a year later. And no one is going to remember because, you know, people just don't remember things like that. So, you know, you could spruce it up if you want, but you could literally resend the same email to your list again. And then another way that I love to repurpose is to use email content on social media and vice versa. So you could take an email that's about, you know, that seasonal recipe and you could take your favorite passages from that email or if it's a short email, you could just use the whole thing and you could use that as an Instagram post. Um, you know, either you post a an image or a carousel or a reel about that recipe, and then you just can use the same text um, that you used in the email, especially if you find it's something that that went over really well with your audience, you know, definitely don't don't let that go to waste. You know, you put that time and effort into writing that. So why not use it again? And the same goes vice versa. Like if you have a social media post that people are really engaged with, you can take that content and turn that into an email. Oh, I love this one. You knew I would love this, Amy, the efficiency yeah. <laughs> piece. And I've actually started doing this not with, I haven't honestly put that much thought into it, but I realized a few weeks ago what I was doing. So once a week on eBlog Talk, I post something that just really inspires me on Instagram. So I don't know, relating to setting goals or being more efficient, or I don't know what, it, it just depends on the week, um, what I write about. But I realized that what I put into that, like I put some heart into it and it was really good and people were engaging with it and really liking it. So I took the exact same copy and I put it in my Monday email because I figured people are on my email list who aren't looking at Instagram. And like you said, it went over well on Instagram. People liked it. So I'm going to put it here too. And so my Monday emails suddenly became really easy to write because I'm like, copy, paste, send, basically. And it's going over well. And so that is a really great idea and also to do it vice versa. So yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I do find the same thing that not everyone is on social media who's going to be on your email list. So they chances are they have not seen the content. Um, you know, I've done something similar where I took um, a reel that uh, did really well on Instagram and I took, it was a standalone recipe that wasn't on my blog. So I just took um, an image and I embedded it in my email and showing them what the recipe looked like because, you know, they, they couldn't go to my blog to find it. It was only on Instagram. So this way they could see the image 
And then I um, took the recipe that was from the reel and I wrote it up in the email. And so it was like they were getting a bonus recipe that was not on my blog. And people really love that because they know that you took the time to write this up for them and that it was something kind of exclusive that they were getting just for being on your email list. People love feeling like they're getting something exclusive. So I think that was brilliant. Love that. (laughs) Tell us what your last mistake is. Mistake number five. Yeah, I think you're really going to like this one too, Megan. So mistake number five is not making money from your emails. So there are so many different ways that you can do this. And one of my all-time favorite ways is through a tripwire product. So let's go back to your example that we used for your blog with the Instant Pot. Um, I know that you have an Instant Pot course Correct. Yes. So um, so what you could do is when people sign up to get that resource that you said about using the, the different functions on their Instant Pot. So once they sign up for that, it could take them to a thank you page where you'd say, hey, thank you for, for signing up. Um, I think you're really going to like this resource. It's going to be in your inbox in the next 15 minutes. But while you wait, did you know that I also have um, a very complete Instant Pot course? Um, this course will walk you through everything you need to know about using your Instant Pot from getting started to more advanced recipes and everything that you can use it for. And because you signed up for my email list, I want to offer you this course today for the next 15 minutes for 50% off. And when you do that, I guarantee you are going to get people who buy your course. (laughs) And a lot of people, maybe they didn't even know you had a course. You know, they could be people that are brand new to your blog, but they, they have already discovered, wow, she is an Instant Pot expert. I need to learn from her. And I should take advantage of this offer because she is giving this to me for 50% off. You know, that's that's an amazing deal, but I have to act fast. So, you know, you could have a timer on your site. Um, and then once the 15 minutes is up, then it redirects to your regular sales page where it, you know, also offers the course, but it's at the, the original full price. So I think people will feel that sense of, urgency, um, but also that they're getting something that they really need because obviously they wouldn't have signed up to get that resource of yours about how to use the different functions on their Instant Pot if they weren't someone who's already interested in Instant Pot, you know, someone who owns an Instant Pot. So um, that is is definitely one of my favorite ways to make a little bit of money. You know, it's not going to be something that is a huge money maker. But you know, I think that you will get people every week signing up for your course because you've offered that special deal. And we all want those little things that trickle in that add just a little bit of income just to kind of diversify a little. So I think this is brilliant. Um, The urgency thing people really seem to um, respond to like if there's a time like, oh, I have 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever 
they tend to be more prone to buying. Right, exactly. It's kind of like when you're at the supermarket and they have those really exciting, enticing items near the checkout. Yes, yes, for sure. Because we're all like, oh, (laughs) well, I'm getting it to the front of the line. I better figure this out. Do you have recommendations for what or like what service to use for tripwires? Sure. Um, I mean, basically, what you're going to use is your, you know, whatever um, checkout platform that you're already using for your product. So, you know, it could be something like um, SendOwl or um, that's what I used to use or now I use Thrivecart, um, any kind of checkout software. And then as far as the timer goes, um, there are plugins that you can use that are timers. Um I use something that's called Deadline Funnel, which um, is is more expensive, but it is very accurate so that if someone tries to access that page again with the 15-minute offer, it will know that it's the same person. So even if they try on a different device or if they try in an incognito window, it will recognize that it's still the the same person. So it won't let them override the system. Um, But that, you know, that is something that you don't need to get right away. Um, You can definitely start with, they have some free pro plugins on WordPress that you can use for that. Um, I think just as long as you have some kind of timer so that you have that sense of urgency. Um, that's that's all you really need. Um, and then you want to make sure that you have the timer set up so that once the timer expires, it redirects to the main sales page that has the full price. Um, but there are also... I should mention there are also other ways you can do this without a timer. You can also offer this as something through your um, email itself. Like maybe you don't want to have the the sense of urgency with the timer, but you just want to offer people a thank you for signing up. So in that case, what you could do is when they sign up to get your free resource, you could immediately have an email go out thanking them just the way we did on this on the thank you page. But instead, this is an email. So you thank them for signing up and tell them, you know, how they can get your free resource. You know, maybe it's something they, they click to download or that you're going to send emails, uh, email series in the next few days. So you tell them what to expect. And then you say, you know, I also wanted to let you know that I have this instant pot course. And because you signed up, I want to offer you um, a discount. And here's the discount code if you want to take advantage of that. And you know, that even though it doesn't expire, it still makes people want to click over, see what your course is all about. And you know, maybe they'll buy it. And then what you could do again, is at the end of these the series that you offer or after a few days after they get your free downloadable resource, you could remind them again in another email, oh, I just wanted to remind you that I do have this email course. And here again, here's your coupon code. Um, and you can make the coupon code expire so that they do have a reason to use it right away. So again, you could set that up with whatever um, 
whatever checkout system that you use, um, they'll, I think pretty much all of them let you set up a coupon. So you could have the coupon expire after a week, or you could just leave it open so they could always get the course at the discount. But it's that's completely up to you. So there's just so many different ways you can do it. Amy, this is so great. I love that you gave different options for creating those or that sense of urgency. Um, if you had to pick one mistake of all the five that you've talked about, which one would you say is the most important to address? I would say mistake number two, which was not actually sending emails. That would be <laughs> the one you should get on right away. <laughs> Get those emails out the door. Just start, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like you said, I mean, you can just send quick, short emails. You know, it could be something about a latest recipe, um, but it can also be about something that's been on your site for years. Maybe it's a very popular recipe because, you know, people want to get to know you and your website. So it could be, um, you know, th- I wanted to tell you about this really popular recipe that look it's gotten all these great reviews like um here's what's what mary said about it um here's what susan said about it you know i i would love to hear what you think about it once you give it a try you know something like that is so easy you know or it could be something seasonal like when a holiday is coming up like maybe easter or Passover or something like that, you could, you know, send out an email that has like, these are my top five recipes for the holiday. And you know, this is this is what I like to make for my family every year, and they love it. And then you just list the the links with those five recipes, you know, it, you, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be really, really simple like that. So if you're listening to this episode and you maybe are one of those people who are just sitting on your email subscribers and you don't really know what to do, take Amy's advice, just send something out today and then send both Amy and I a message on Instagram and let us know that you did and we will cheer you on. I just put you out there, Amy. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. I would love to see what people are sending. Yes, me too. I think it's exciting when you're sitting on something that's so simple and then you just decide to dig into it and it's like, oh, this is really powerful, but really easy. So I just encourage you guys to do that. Um, And then while we're talking about that, why don't you tell people where they can find you, Amy? Yes, you can find me at VeggieSaveTheDay.com. And I'm also on social media at VeggieSaveTheDay. I would say I'm most active on Instagram. So if you want to send me a message over there, um, you could also send me an email. If you Because we're talking about email, you can send me an email at amykatz at VeggieSaveTheDay.com. And I would love to hear from you. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for that generous offer. I think you guys should definitely um, be in touch with Amy. Let her know what your email goals are and what you've accomplished. And just thank you, Amy, for being here. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. I always love talking to you and you gave us so much good information today. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Megan. I really enjoyed it. Do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with food bloggers, either in line with email marketing or outside of email marketing? 
Yes, I do. And in fact, this quote is from one of your favorites, um, James Clear. I think, yeah, we're both fans of Atomic Habits. It's such a great book. Um, So the quote that I have from James Clear is, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs. But as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. I just love that quote. It's so inspiring. And it's it's really, you know, like I like to say, it's about progress over perfection. And it's just all these little things that we do, they all add up. That is one of my favorite quotes, too. I love that you <laughs> mentioned it. And I, I am not kidding you when I say this. I literally think of that quote every day because there are those little things that you do or don't do throughout the day that equal either success or failure in the future. So I always think like, okay, if I'm, if I go do my laundry now, that's like casting a vote for what, you know, like what kind of Megan, if I decide not to, you know, like just those little actions that we either skip or decide to just dig into all the time. I'm like, thank you, James Clear for changing my life. I love that book. By the way, if you haven't read that, Go read it. It's such a great, it's my favorite business and life book ever, I think. Number yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I completely agree. Um, in fact, back to when we were talking about running, I used um, habit stacking that he talks <gasps> about sure. um, to get to keep going through the pandemic. So uh, my habit stacking technique is that I only listen to podcasts when I'm running. So, and I love podcasts, but I don't let myself listen to them unless I'm out on a run. <laughs> That's smart. That's so smart. I love that. So glad that we have that in common. Um, thank you, Amy, again. And if you guys want to peek at Amy's show notes, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash veggies save the day. And again, go visit Amy's site and her Instagram account and reach out to her if you have any email questions. Um, or need some motivation. So thanks again, Amy, for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.